brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is Matt Leiner, and you're listening to Reign of Troy Radio. Reign of Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Get Michael Castillo on the phone. <laughs> Scrap, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. Oh, I can't believe. USC are the Pac-12 champs. All right, Trojan fans, turn up the volume. It's time for Reign of Troy Radio. Here's your host, Michael Castillo. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Reign of Troy Radio, episode 346, coming to you on Thursday, November 14th. We're going to preview USC and Cal locking horns in Berkeley on Saturday night, 8 p.m. on FS1. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Reign of Troy, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Google Play, and Spreaker. Our bonus episodes are on Patreon, patreon.com slash Troy. Our email address is Troy at fanside.com, and our phone number is 213-373-1872. I'm your host, Michael Castillo, joined with my co-host, Alicia Derto. Hello, everybody. Hello, Alicia. You are back in L.A. I'm still here. In the Reign of Troy Studio East. It's not really a studio, but I'm still here in Phoenix. Yeah, and I'm I'm back in the actual Reign of Troy Studio. And it was weird, honestly, I gotta say, when you did the phone number and I was like getting ready to jump. Uh, no. I know. No. It's, it's sad to not record a pod in person. It's so it much is. better. Uh, in person... When we have all the, the audio equipment and all the things that could go wrong, because it surely does plenty of times, very often it does go wrong, uh, but we got everything going now. I think everything's good. So let's do this episode. Uh, talking about USC and Cal, a lot of things have gone wrong for Cal this season, just like USC. The Bears opened up with four straight wins, followed by four straight losses, but they kind of righted the ship last week with a 33-20 win over the Washington State Cougars. Uh, meanwhile, there's SC. Yeah, exactly. What's there to say, right? Yeah, SC is SC. Same old, same old. All right, that's going to wrap up the podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys in the car cast. I mean, honestly, honestly, this, uh, this preview episode could be, uh, could just be, come, come down to this. Cal's offense, bad. Cal's defense, good. In the grand scheme of things, it's really not that bad. USC's offense, hmm. USC's defense, hmm. <laughs> Put that all together and you get whatever you get. Yeah, we, we need a, can I blame Justin Wilcox for this? <laughs> uh, can I blame Alicia? Yeah. We can always do that. So You know what, though? We, we've been talking about the idea of like Justin Wilcox doesn't make any sense in the in the sense of his tenure at USC doesn't make any sense. He has it's been the true outlier. Yeah, he's been successful as far as his defense is everywhere he's been except for USC. So then it got my like like just this week I was thinking like, 
is that could, could that be the sign or a sign that Sark's offense at USC was the reason that USC's defense was bad, but then it didn't make sense because Sark's offense at Washington didn't make the Washington defense bad. So I don't know. It was a theory that popped into my head briefly, and then I was like, I poked a hole in it immediately, and I don't know how to process. Well, to to be fair, Sark completely changed his offensive philosophy after 2012, going into 2013, completely stripped so much of it away, changed everything, Going into 2013, like he he said, we are going to do everything in our power to copy how Oregon works, and they try to do that with the up tempo stuff. Their offense got much better in 2013, but and Washington's defense got much better from 2011 to 2012 when Wilcox got there. But yeah, it's not like the defense fell off the face of the earth. But I would feel better about that idea that you're throw, throwing out there if things like the JL Mary didn't happen, if things like the Utah game didn't happen. Uh, the Arizona game that SC almost, you know, crapped away in 2014. All games in which the offense could have put the teams out of their misery, and they didn't do it. So, yeah, I think that the defense was not helped by Sark's offense, but it was not helped by Sark's offense finishing off drives. It wasn't yeah. a case of the defense just struggled because the offense was putting up so many big numbers, and and the the defense couldn't couldn't keep up because that which is Big 12 badness, by the way, uh, is a completely different thing. That that would be this year's offense, this year, if the offense actually scored. Yeah, but they then don't. Then you could say that, but they don't. Yeah. Well, they sort of do. They they do. In the first quarter, yeah. To, well, yes, they do in the first quarter. In the fourth and, quarter. Yes, he's good in the fourth quarter, too. Uh, yeah, ish. Mostly. Sometimes. Occasionally, I, I just as, I don't. as long as it's not against Washington with with the third string quarterback. Yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> we have um, we have two more weeks of this, and at least three more games of the whole. I don't know. So we should like appreciate these moments of who the heck knows because we sure don't. Welcome to the show. As always, <laughs> you can leave us a review and tell us what we do and do not know over on Apple Podcasts. Also, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash friend of Troy. We get all of our bonus coverage about things that, again, that we do and do not know, uh, including Alicia's practice car cast, which goes uh, every day after practice, except for this week. You didn't do Tuesday, but you did it. You followed up with a double long Wednesday episode. Yeah, you can thank USC Basketball for that. Uh, USC Basketball, uh, literally, the media is walking off the practice field on Tuesday. And Tim Tesalone, the SID, is sort of like claps his hands and says, okay, that, everyone's done. You have 20 minutes to get over to the basketball game. And like, I hear that and I'm like, oh, joy. So I go run to my car. I jump in my car. I drive down to the Galen Center, park at the structure there. And then, like, I walked onto the floor at the Galen Center at uh, 7.05, and they were going through player introductions, so I just made it in time. But obviously, no practice car cast. But yes, I did do a 40-minute practice car cast on, on Wednesday. So, you know, had some, had some things to discuss. Had some musings yeah. to muse on. You will do that sometimes. You will ramble, I, I for do, sure. I do ramble and muse about... 
Nick Saban's defense versus Clancy Pendergast's defense and <laughs> patreon.com slash random yeah. choice where you can listen to all of those for as little as 555 you get all of our bonus content for 10 bucks you get to join the rot crew which means access to our private slack channel you can talk about USC football or whatever the hell else we're talking about at the time over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Ren of Troy, where you can join. Uh, Alicia, one more news nugget to get to. We have a meetup this week. It's not really a meetup. It's like a hang. Are we going to call it a, Is it an official ROT meetup? Because we have a list of ROT meetups, uh, and we've been like tracking how many people have attended the most, by the way. And the, the record holder currently is our good friend Kenny Martin from Traveler Age Thursdays. Holds the record. Uh, I don't think he's coming to this one, and I don't know that this one would technically count. Is this a hangout or a meetup? Uh, have we ever had a, a an official meetup on the day of a game? The Texas one on the road in That's Austin true, last year because it was in the morning. Hmm. hmm. Anyways, I mean, we will pappies. be we will be, we will at, be pappies. at pappies. Yep. We will be meeting with any robots that decide to sh- to turn up. Yep, we're going to watch the noon games. So we'll be there from like noon to four at Pappy's on Telegraph uh, right there in Berkeley. Yeah, so it's right right near the campus. Uh, if you're going to be down there anyways, it's, I know it's going to be early, but like if you're going down there to tailgate or whatever, come come drop by and say hi. Uh, as, I, as we've said in other places, like either come drop by and say hi or like you know, you are all welcome to just join us in watching whatever games are on at 1230 or whatever time things kick off. Like, Texas and Iowa State, baby. Our, that's our plan. We're going to scout Matt Campbell for y'all. <laughs> hey, he looks good in Cardinal and Gold. He does. He rocks the colors the, already. The, the, the is that graphic a, is design that a, department does not have to do much Photoshop on that thing. Is that a uh, a marker against him? You know, the whole, like, we, you know, USC's got to look for somebody who doesn't know the fight song. Is it is it a marker against him that he knows the color scheme already? Speaking of this, uh, if you are a UCLA uh, athletic director and you're not supposed to fi- hire someone who knows the fight song, do you just never hire someone who went to Cal? Uh, this is, you know, things to consider. UCLA can't hire Justin Wilcox now because he knows their fight song. He does. He, he does. does know their fight song, and it's the same thing because UCLA stole it. Yeah, Indeed. and their colors and their mascot. Yeah, <laughs> except the lamer version of it. <laughs> uh, anyways, wait, wait, why, why isn't UCLA the Cubs? That would be much better. Then again, I mean, the Cubs belong in one place, and that's that's the corner <laughs> of Clark and Addison. So maybe not. Uh, anyways, we're gonna take a quick break. We come back to do news and then get into this game, USC and Cal, uh, up in Berkeley on Saturday. We'll be right back. Alicia, let's get into the news. Brett Nealon will be out for multiple weeks. I don't think this is a shock. Uh, He has a calf strain. Justin Dietich is going to be the man at center for essentially the end of the regular season these next two weeks. Jalen McKenzie is going to be his backup at 2C. 
Yeah. Or C two. Not- is it C two? C two. Well, it's QB in two. Hockey, it would be- it would be C2 in, in football. In hockey, it would be 2C. Yeah, or we could just not not uh, label it that way. Because, sure. <laughs> B- because there's a lot of stuff to see before that happens. Oh, my Lord. Okay. Uh, yeah, Justin Dietrich is USC's starting center, and Jalen McKenzie is USC's backup center. And this is beginning to feel a little bit like the situation... In 2015, when mm-hmm. Nico Fala was the like third or fourth string center after he, yeah, uh, Toa Lobanon went down and then uh, Khalil Rogers went down. Yeah. And so you got to hope that Justin Dietrich is able to, to keep healthy, keep available. No, no, no. It was Turk, then Toa that went down. That's right. It was Turk, then Toa, then Khalil. And Khalil Rogers was on defense at the time, if I remember right. Uh, right? well, he had swapped from defense to offense. The either the way, it was before. Nico Fala was like the third string, and he ended up being a really solid center really for SC center. and ended up yeah yeah winning the job yeah yeah. So hopefully they get uh see. And the interesting thing here is that Andrew Voorhees would have been the the center the backup center here behind Dietrich if he were healthy. So Mackenzie really is the fourth string guy. Uh, technically, if you're if you're counting Nealon. Uh, Dietrich, Voorhees, and then down to to McKenzie. So it'll be interesting. I mean, uh, you if you're USC, you really just hope you never see Jalen McKenzie in that role. Uh, you hope that he continues to play guard, and you're not having to deal with that. But uh, it's a, it's a distinct possibility. So it's interesting that he's the one that they pull over. Uh, obviously, he's shown a ton of versatility by playing tackle and guard for USC, and and he could add another one uh, this uh, in the in the next two weeks. But Again, we don't don't really expect that necessarily. Justin Dietrich is the guy. And, you know, he was a, a good prospect coming out of high school. High hopes for him. I've said, you know, the ASU game, it wasn't a particularly bright, shining moment for him. But there's a difference between getting thrown into a game like, the, like he did uh, than being able to prepare like the starter and get yourself ready for this. But at the same time, when you're starting a first-time center on the road against a legitimate defense concern is warranted that's that's for sure yeah because they're taking center stage so uh that's something to uh to to worry about (laughs) uh talking about someone else taking center stage or or who's not the middle of usc's game plan is middle linebacker Pallier now Teote still not practicing after the injury he's been dealing with yeah so he wasn't practicing on wednesday so Obviously, the signs are not good as far as his availability for this weekend. And that means that you can expect to see Kanai Malga in there, which, again, is the kind of thing where, you know, you should be used to it by now. He's been holding on the fort there. It's just a shame that uh, that EA seems to have taken a step back as far as getting him back out onto the field. Um, but USC's been coping, so... That's just sort of they're going to have to cope another week. Yeah, and then on the offensive side of the ball again, let's go to the skill players. Tyler Vaughn sprained his ankle against ASU. Practice on Wednesday, but not Tuesday. Clay Helton said after after practice that uh, he wasn't sure if he will play uh, against Cal, but you know there was doubt about Michael Pittman last week, and Michael Pittman had one of the best games of his career uh, against ASU on the road last week. So who knows? Who knows at this point for, for Tyler Vaughn's? Yeah, the way that Clay talked about him on Tuesday made it sound like 
it was going to be unlikely that he was going to play. But then out on Wednesday, he was suited up and his ankle was taped up pretty heavily, but he was there. He was uh, at least trying to practice. So apparently he'd practiced a little bit on, on Monday as well. I mean, not sorry, on Tuesday as well, but then he wasn't able to finish practice. So maybe it was a similar kind of situation. But like you said, Clay Helton himself compared it a little bit to Michael Pittman's situation. And obviously Michael Pittman was able to go, was able to play. So sort of crossing your fingers and hoping that works out. Because if there's any game this entire season that you want the full complement of wide receivers, as far as having Pittman and Vaughns and Amon Ra and Drake London and everybody good to go, it's this week. Cal's secondary is legit. It's arguably the best one that USC... Pretty, 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 pretty good. Exactly. Uh, I know, I feel like we've said this against Utah and I said this against Notre Dame, but again, you can, it applies. This might be the best secondary that USC is going to face this year. And that means that uh, every playmaker in that receiving core that you have available could be the difference between, you know, three points, seven points and zero points. So uh, hopefully Vons is, is ready to go, but uh, I don't know. It's, I, it's, it's hard to get a read on this one in particular, like it just based on Michael Pittman, I, I, I want to say that he's going to play, but then, the, the way Hilton said, talked about him on Tuesday, it was like, I don't know, he's, he's, he's got a ways to go. And it's like, well, okay, I don't know what that means. I guess we'll find out more on Thursday. So that's going to be one of the big injury updates from Thursday. Yes, he's going to find out if they get Tyler Bonds or not. Uh, definitely someone you you would like to have because, like you said, Cal's secondary is pretty, pretty, pretty good. Uh, speaking of the Bears, let's flip over to there and use this as a segue to preview the game. Uh they're getting Chase Garbers back. All indications are he has been cleared to practice and potentially start for the Bears. More than likely, he will start. He's someone who was in a two-quarterback uh, package last year. Chase Garbers uh, was not necessarily a good quarterback for the Bears last year, but he's been pretty good this year in, in his time. Started the first five games. Cal went 4-1 and one in those games, and the fifth game, uh, he only made 12 attempts. He he got hurt in that game against ASU, and they lost by a t- by a touchdown. So maybe him being healthy throughout that game changes things. Uh, his passer rating through five games was 148.15, which you absolutely take if you're Cal uh, and starving for offense. So let's let's start there. Let's talk about this Cal offense, which is uh, hmm. How do we put it? Bad. <laughs> yeah, and the the problem is that it's there's like this with Chase Garbers and without Chase Garbers kind of deal here. And actually, I was I was scrolling through Twitter to to get the latest updates on whether or not he would start because uh, they they're they're supposed to make an official announcement later in the week. But you know, there's now reporting from the San Francisco Chronicle and SI and different places that expect him to start. Uh, so even though he had been cleared, it wasn't still certain, especially because Devin Modster is coming off quite a good game against Wazoo. Uh, but to get back to the to the point, someone on Twitter, uh, Rick Ellis, uh, 85 or 65, tweeted uh, the Cal offense without Chase Garbers. And there's a picture of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, the one that got the trailer that got panned where Sonic is just not <laughs> not good. And then he's got the Cal offense with Chase Garbers. And it's the newly redesigned Sonic from the new trailer that just dropped this week, which like the glow up is real. Um, so, yes, this is this is factual, factual statements. Chase Garbers was a big part of the reason why. I mean, 
Because that's the thing is Callis had a Cal had a good defense last year too. Callis had uh, the pieces there, but their offense was so 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 bad uh, in the in in last year that they sort of it, it sank them. So Cal in the first what they start four and zero in the first four games. It's not like they're. Yep. It's not like they're going crazy offensively, but they're scoring enough. Their defense is holding people under 20 points and their offense is scoring 20 plus points. And they're, you know, they haven't scored. Uh, last week was the first time they scored 30 points or more in the season. But with Chase Garbers, they were doing enough to to get up over the top of, of their really great defense. And then Chase Garbers gets injured and all of a sudden they lose four games in a row because they're scoring less than 20 points. And Cal's equation, right, is, is similar to the equations that we've talked about as far as like the rod index and stuff is concerned. There was a time when we would say like if USC, USC's defense is going to hold people under 24 points. So if USC scores more than 24 points, they're going to win. And that's Cal's defense is is more like a 20 point defense where they're going to hold everybody under 20 points. So therefore, if their offense scores 20 points, then they're going to win. And that's what Chase Garbers was giving them. And without him, it really they really weren't able to to produce anything. The big question is, you know, is Chase Garbers in his first game back after a long injury layoff? Is that like, can you expect him to be in the same form as he had at the start of the season? I mean, because as you said, it's not like he was great in 2018. Like, he struggled no. as as much as anybody on that uh, on that team, and and they went through their struggles as far as their quarterbacks are concerned. But like, he was more stable than the rest of them. But it's not like he was a, a world beater. So it's it's hard to get a handle on what he will be when USC faces him because what he has been this season is is quite exceptional. Uh, well, not exceptional, but quite good. He his passer rating was 148. He had eight touchdowns to two interceptions. Uh, he was completing 59% of his passes. Uh, he was throwing for 190 yards per game. Like, none of those numbers are crazy good, but they were good enough for Cal. They were like sort of SEC quarterback numbers where you're just not screwing up. Uh, so I, I'm going to be very curious to see how he how he goes out there and, and performs. You know, if he can shake the rust the rust off is, is going to be the real big question. Yeah, I think if you're SEC, you want to get after him, right? And, and- You blitz! I mean, maybe not too much. We, we saw <laughs> that kind of backfired against Colorado against uh, Stevie Montez earlier on in the game, but but I, I, I think, think we can all agree Chase Chase Garbers is not Stephen Montez. No, so certainly not. Um, he's a little, definitely more of a stationary quarterback. So yeah, he's someone you're going to want to get out of, get out of his rhythm, get him out of him. Don't let him get into rhythm. There we go. Yeah, uh, and and force out of the pocket in some sort of way. Uh, and if SC can do that, you can definitely think that the, the defense is going to do their job uh, to keep them in a range in which SC can win this game on offense. And it's it's going to be interesting because these numbers are so abysmal when you just look at Cal's statistics. 107th in SP+, 117th in scoring offense, 119th in total offense, 116th in yards per play, and 109th in rushing offense, 119th in yards per carry. 108th in passing offense, 97th in passer rating. Uh, that's because 
uh, if their their average with Devin Monster was averaged out through the entire season, they'd be 113th, but 38th with Chase Garbers. So things change when Chase Garbers is is in the equation. It's just a matter of how much. So that's to me the biggest question mark. It might be the most fascinating thing in the game is what what happens there because I think everything else in this game, as boring as this is going to sound, it's going to be pretty formulaic. I think it's going to be pretty easy to guess what happens in this game on any other side of the ball, the exception of Cal's offense with Chase Garbers is a wrinkle that's a little bit different. Yeah, the the the, the thing that you have to remember, though, about Cal is that even with Chase Garbers, like their offense still was not good. Um, the, the NCAA, you can look at the stats from like specific dates during the season so the snapshot for the end of September, which is the last game that, that Chase Garbers played in, he was knocked out of the uh, Arizona State game, and that was at the end of September. By the end of September, Cal ranked 108th in total offense. They were 80th in rushing offense. They were 106th in passing offense. They were 100th in scoring offense. They were 121st in sacks allowed. So, like... A lot of the uh, the offensive stats that they're really bad in, they were already pretty bad in. Just the difference is that where they were pretty bad, they have gotten extremely bad in, in a lot of ways uh, since losing Chase Garbers. Yeah, I mean, you look at yards per play in September, they were 105th. Which is uh, not good. So even if Chase Garbers is in there... Uh, don't expect this to be a world beater offense, but 128th in October. So yeah, <laughs> not, not good. Not 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 good at all. And so that's that's the thing is, if Devin Monster is playing, he he's coming off. Granted, he, he had against Wazoo the the one game they won with him. He had 230 yards passing, completed 66.7 percent of his passes, three TDs, and a QB rating of 188.42. So like that's all real. Those numbers are really good. Then again, you know, it was Wazoo's defense, and we've seen Wazoo's defense sort of fall apart at times. And uh, you have to you have to imagine that the that Devin Modster in there gives USC's defense uh, quite a significant leg up, where the challenge will be a bit tougher with Chase Garbers. But even at the same time, like this is this is one of those games where you look at it and go, guys, you have. You have no excuses. You're relatively healthy defensively. Um, you have all of your corners. You have both safeties good to go. The linebacker pairing that you have out there has been playing together for weeks. Uh, your defensive line is held is finally healthy again. Like this is the game where USC needs to lay a marker defensively and just not give Cal an inch because they don't deserve an inch. And you know, frankly, USC's defense probably gave ASU. A little bit too much, considering they were playing with a backup quarterback. But USC's defense was also dealing with some major injury issues. So, and they had a special teams gaffe that uh, set up one of their touchdowns. So, like, I was pretty forgiving of USC's defense coming out of that game. But this game is there's no other way to put it. USC's defense has to limit Cal's offense. If they don't, then there are no excuses. Show me something. Show the fans something. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's a perfect way to put it. And the the other thing, though, we we can I can say that you know Cal's offense is going to be the unknown because we don't know what what they're going to be like with with Garbers back in the lineup. 
at the same point, SC's defense has been so consistent. I am comfortable with saying that Cal's going to score in the 20s. It just might be on the lower end of the 20s. Well, the but problem if, is... If Cal scores on the lower end, you need to score more than that uh, on offense, and that might be difficult because Cal's defense uh, is pretty good. The only team that has scored 30 points on this team uh, is Utah, and they did it on the road in Rice-Eccles. Yeah, 35 nothing in that game. And, uh, yeah, that that was a weird game that no one seems to understand why or how that happened, uh, except maybe it's just a credit to Utah and an acknowledgement of the power of Rice-Eccles. So you, you can't go into this game expecting the defense to, well, this, you know, Utah put up 35 points, so USC should be able to put up 35 points. Like, I don't think that that's the way it's going to work, especially USC going to Memorial Stadium here. Um, my concern here is that if USC's defense gives up 20 points to Cal, I think there are, there's a, there is a very, very good chance that USC will not be able to score 20 points in this game. Hmm. So you can see like a 20 to 17 loss. That's what you're saying. Yes, I can see a 20 to 17 loss. Consider this. If USC had Brett Neal and healthy, I would still be sitting here saying it's going to be difficult for USC to put up 20 some odd points. They should be able to if they were competent, but we've already established the USC's offense is unreliable at best. And for all they can score 28 points in a, in a quarter, they can also go three quarters with only three points. So relying on them to, you know, make things happen is not necessarily the best uh, strategy. And that's with Brett Neal and healthy. The, the Justin Dietrich that I watched against ASU, um, that could be a problem. And, and I said this in the, in the practice car cast that I recorded on, on Wednesday, the funny, not the funny thing, the scary thing for USC fans should be that during the off season, when there were snapping issues at center, they were almost always originating from, Justin Dietrich. And I'm Alicia, not... Alicia, hold on. It, it's not even a year yet. You can't bring up snapping issues in a in a week in which we talk about Cal. It's I too mean, soon. I just... I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it up because it has to be brought up. Like... Hold on. I just realized Cal snapped the streak last year in the <laughs> snap tish. Uh, I hope but... someone made that joke. I hope I made that joke last last year. I really do. I don't Someone remember you making ma- that joke. And it you, should be a headline, right? That was Cal pretty low-hanging fruit. Yeah, Cal snap streak on high snap. Wow. I, I hope someone did that. I really do. Well, I mean, Cal has a redshirt senior, uh, Luke Baquette, at nose guard. And he's going to be a wily veteran uh, going up against... Um, going up against a, a USC center who is making his first career start on the road. And yeah. if Toa Lobendon and, could be could be flustered by Cal's, well, by his own snapping issues, like, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility that this could be a factor for Justin Dietrich. And so basically what I'm saying is USC's offensive line has been improved from 2018, but also, you know, still somewhat unreliable at times. 
And that was with just with Brett Nealon, who I believe to be a superior center to Justin Dietrich at this stage. Obviously, he's the starter. So this is the first time the USC is going to have an unsettled offensive line. These are just not ideal circumstances to be playing a Cal defense that doesn't really give up more than 20 points in a game. And that's that's the that's the big time concern. All right, let's talk about this Cal defense. They are 33rd in SP+, 26th in scoring defense, allowing exactly 20.7 points per game. Uh, you know that 35 points that Utah gave up? All true, by the way. Uh, there were no pick sixes, no fumble returns, no special teams uh, touchdowns. Uh, there were no short drives. Every drive was at least 50 yards for the Utes. Uh, Well-earned, all on, on offense against this Cal defense, which tells you it is possible to score on this team. Uh, SC is about as talented of an offense as Cal will have faced all year, along with Utah, uh, especially more so at at the receiver position when you have Michael Pittman and Amon Ross St. Brown and and Tyler Vons and Drake London and all those guys. So SC's going to have to bring their A game for sure. Uh, This is the pass defense uh, that ranks 77th in the country in yards per game, I wouldn't put too much stock in that. A lot of that is just total yardage, you know, kind of thing. Because uh, they're 36th in passer rating against. And this is, a, this is a team that has held teams constantly to low passer ratings. We saw them wreck havoc with Jacob Beeson in their road win early in the season uh, against Washington. There are plenty of reasons to be worrisome, to, 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 to feel worried about this uh, this Cal defense. Yeah, especially because their secondary is their strength and they're going up against an air raid team that's still not quite settled at the running back position. Um, Obviously, we like what USC did with Keenan Kristen against ASU, but and and Stephen Carr will be will likely be back. Vimalapam might be back, but you're still bringing those guys back in after long injury layoffs and you still have a true freshman running back that's probably going to be the starter there or at least a, a heavy a heavy feature in the rotation. And so you you sort of do expect Keaton Slovis to have to throw the ball. And when he's throwing the ball, he is going to have to overcome uh, the, 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 the defense that, that has some really good, really good guys in the secondary. And they're all, like, they're a machine. I was uh, talking to, um, to Graham Harrell about, about him and... and the way he was describing it is that just they're all always in the right spot. They're all they're where they're supposed to be. They're well drilled. Um, they communicate and just do the everyone does their job. Every single one on the field for them does their job. And that's the kind of thing that like disciplined defenses are what screw up the air raid because they just keep everything in front of them and they don't let you, uh, you know, take advantage of the dinking and dunking thing. So. Keaton Slovis's performance in this game is is probably going to dictate how it goes, and and we've seen Keaton be great. We've also seen him be troubled at times on the road and and struggle with turnovers. So this is going to be something that's that that's interesting. The good thing for USC is that Cal actually like you'd expect Cal to have forced a bunch of turnovers this year. They really haven't. Um, they only have eleven this year, only four interceptions. Like that's. That's not necessarily what you would expect. Yeah, I, I think Cal's defensive numbers are really fascinating, too, because scoring defense, uh, uh, in terms of scoring defense, they're they're exactly where they should be. 
hold teams to 20 points or less, which they do on a very consistent basis, and that's where you want them if you're Justin Wilcox. Give your offense a chance, right? At the same point, so many of these numbers are don't look dominant because they're not nearly as dominant of a defense as they were last year, which is interesting because they brought everybody back in that secondary. Uh, like Jalen Hawkins is supposed to lead this team uh, over in, in the secondary at safety. He has one pick and two PBUs in nine games. So there's areas for them to still grow. You mentioned Luke Baguette on the, on the defensive line. He led Callen Sachs last year. He has two and a half in nine games. So the, it's not like they're struggling. This is not a, this is the defense SC would surely love to have. You put this defense with, with SC's offense. That's a 10 win. That's a 10 win team at least. Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. But I mean, there's a good point to be had about the Cal defense and sort of what they are or what they aren't compared to last year. And I think it's interesting because when they were on that winning streak in, uh, in August and September, um, you look at their their defense in, in the Pac-12. They lead the de- they lead the Pac-12 in passes broken up. So they're not getting a ton of of interceptions. Only two interceptions in the first month of that season, but they lead the Pac-12 with 26 passes broken up. And then in October, which is the period in which Chase Garbers was injured, but also they lost four games in a row. Uh, Cal is is ninth in passes broken up with only eight across across the the three games that they played in there. So. The, the secondary, certainly, at least on paper, wasn't putting up the same kind of numbers that we had seen from them. And there's only one interception from them in that in, in October as well. So uh, it, it hasn't been a, a banner uh, period for Cal it, so, so far, at least in the second half. Well, I guess, what would you say, the middle third of the season? The defense yeah. has, has taken a step back, but I don't know how much of that is... Uh, is it the, more pressure on on having to perform without Chase Garbers there on offense? Yeah, maybe 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 the the offense failing to perform uh, gave Cal's defense more possessions to have to deal with teams, or uh, they they were feeling more of the pressure to to carry the team, or they just faced more difficult opposition. I mean, in 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 October they take on Oregon, Oregon State, Utah, and Washington State. Like those are all legitimate offenses in the Pac-12, right? So they get out of dodge by holding legitimate offenses in the Pac-12 to 17, 21, 35, and and 20 points. So there's an outlier there, but for the most part, um, the the this middle third of the season has been a more of an uphill battle. The question is, do we put USC in the category of Oregon, Oregon State, Utah, Washington State, as far as defenses, as far as offenses go, or do they belong in that category of Arizona State, Ole Miss, North North Texas, and Washington, who I think we could easily say those are two different tiers that we're talking about. Like Washington could make sure, an argument, yeah. but Washington's offense certainly at that point in the season wasn't exactly lighting people up. I, I think SC's offense can equate to Washington's, right? In the sense that the ceiling's high, the bar is kind of low if you include all of whether the areas in which they're well, mistake prone. That, Washington, Washington Washington was at home and they scored 19 points. Yeah. So just You're putting that out there. I, 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 I don't want to give have you give it away, but I think I think I know where, what you're predicting in this. Don't don't say anything. Just yeah. hold it. Yeah. 
let, let's use that as a segue. Let's do it. To talk about over under and make predictions up next. So you're going over. I'm feeling bold. Give me that over. I'll go under. I got to take an under here. I got three unders to take. I'm going to do an under here. All right, Alicia, let's get into this week's over under. You've got to make up some ground. I got a four game lead. I'm 37 and 29. You are 33 and 34 under 500. Yeah. Alicia, which begs the question. Is your over under uh, campaign medium or is it mediocre? Um, I think it's medium because I would be at 500 or better if freaking that guy from ASU had just caught that pass and scored. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go. First one. What do you got? All right. Very simple. 19.5 points for Cal. Cal is averaging 19.1 points per game. USC's defense, we know they are the 20-point to 30-point defense. Uh, They have allowed less than 20 points just once this season. That was against Arizona. So Chase Garbers may be back. Devin Modster playing well either way. Will this be what we think it will be as far as USC's defense is concerned, or will they hold Cal under their average? This is so easy. It's over. <laughs> it's Pac-12 after dark. Like, really after dark, dark. We're talking an 8 p.m. kickoff uh, in Strawberry Canyon. Weird things are going to happen. So, it's either going to be the lowest scoring game of the season or the highest. Well, okay, maybe not the highest. That, that's that's an exaggeration. Yeah, well, that, that I'm pretty certain, will not be the highest. No, but, but in terms of, like, high scoring for a Cal game, which would be, like, upper 20s. <laughs> Uh yeah, pretty much. But um you're 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 taking the over there? Yeah. I am taking the under. I, I, I actually think this is a case of optimistic Alicia. Mostly I'm chasing points, but also but also USC's defense is as 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 strong injury wise as they'll have been for a while. And Chase Garbers is coming back his first game after injury. Uh, Devin Modster may or may not play. It's hard to say, but either way, the Cal defense, the Cal offense is not in, they're not coming into this game like in stride. So I think that USC's defense will get the job done here as far as keeping them under 19 points. Alicia, you're forgetting something very important. That USC's uh, defense. US, USC's special teams. Oh, yeah. That's not great. struggle. Uh, Keaton Slovis, as great as he's been uh, pretty often, has also Turn been pretty poor City. sometimes, and that re- could result in a pick six. That's the thing is, is Cal could score a defensive touchdown, Cal could score a special teams touchdown, or Cal could get set up for a defensive touchdown or special teams touchdown by or several safeties, a, bad, yeah. a bad snap, a safety, whatever it is. So, Oh, to, Alicia, again, it's been less than a year. Let the people... <laughs> grieve oh they've been traumatized enough they, uh, you know i know they 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 are are inoculated uh, against it by now all right my first over under uh we've gone this long without talking about evan weaver so let's tackle the the topic here uh cuz he sure has uh 
Over under 34.5% of Cal's total tackles attributed to either Evan Weaver or Coin Dang. Weaver and Dang have been involved in 34.5% of the recorded ta- total tackles for the season. Now, this is a misleading number in the sense of the way college tackles are a assist and a solo are given the same number of, uh, of total tackles. One assist plus one solo equals two total tackles, where in the NFL that'd be one and a half. And this doesn't include, uh, th- like, this isn't a smart enough statistic. Uh, if if Weaver got a half sack uh, or a half tackle and, and Dang got a half tackle together, that would not mean that they weren't involved in the same thing. So we're talking of, of Cal's total tackles in the game. How many of them, percentage-wise, uh, do Weaver and Dang get? Uh, they combined for 48.7 at Utah uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Weaver had 22 and Dang had 16, but they only had 25% last week against Washington State. Weaver with 10, Dang with 7. For for context, uh, USC's two leading tacklers are John Houston and Talanoa Hufanga, who have combined for only 20.6% of USC's total t- team tackles. Okay, I'm going to go with the under on this one. And that is simply because uh, Weaver and Dang are uh, linebackers, and I think that there will be more tackles made by defensive backs in this game. Or, um, you know, also I don't think USC is going to be running the ball too much in this game. So... Yeah, I think it's just, I just go under. Uh, it, this one's hard to like quantify because it's a percentage of tackles and all that kind of stuff. But like, I don't think Evan Weaver is going to have 20 tackles in this game. Could be famous last words right there. Pretty much, yes. It's happened he, he's before. done it several times. I have no idea how that's humanly possible, but the dude has done it several times. So if, if Utah's he's a just tackle running, machine, number one in the country. If Utah's just running Zach Moss at him every single play then oh, like no, I get your that's logic. how he gets your 22 logic, yeah but USC's yeah, not going to be running Keaton Kristen at him every other play, every every play so yeah this is true and I like your logic a lot which is why I'm also going to take the under but um I feel bad not uh-huh. giving you an opportunity to catch up there yeah uh-huh but coward but no you just made your logic was too good I had to steal <laughs> it. yeah so well let's see if my logic is good on this one 3.5 right, sacks for USC Cal ranks 124th in sacks this season. They've given up 35. That's 3.89 per game. USC, meanwhile, ranks 29th nationally with 25 sacks. But they've only had more than four or four or more in one game this season. And that was against Arizona. So. Is USC going to get on the stat sheet with the sacks or... Is USC going to be in the three sack range, which is where they pretty much sit? Well, you see, I think that's a bridge too far to to take the over. I gotta take the under there. I mean, I could see I could see a world in which they get after Chase Garbers and they they you know bring everything at him. But three and a half is Cal going to run that many plays to to warrant three and a half? Uh, you know, SC had plenty of opportunity. You would think to get after Joe Yellen last week, and they only got one. Give me the under. Yeah. The, uh, th- again, like I said, they've only had four or more once. So, like, I look at it and I go, like, why would I put my faith 
in USC's defense to finally come through and finish the sacks that they have available to them. Uh, why would I do that? Um, because I'm a sucker and I'm taking the over, Michael. I, I I actually think this is a case of optimistic, Alicia. And that's not even chasing points. Like, I'm just, I'm a sucker. And I'm going to trust Drake Jackson to see me through here. <laughs> as long as you're, you're, uh, you're honest about it. I mean. But, but your suckerness. I am. A, I mean, I'm going to regret this because USC is not going to help me here. But, no, no, no. And my lead will grow. Here's my, my other thought. I'm going to, here, here, here it is. I'm going to guarantee that under oh. three and a half sacks. I'm you want to guarantee it. Hold on. You want to, you want to double it? You want to, you want to put, put, put your money where your mouth is? Is this one going to be worth two points? Let's double it to make up for the Jaden Daniels thing last week. All right. We're doubling it. I'm here right. for it. My, 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 my hope. By the way, you, you suggested the double. So, it's it's on you when when when, when that I, doesn't when pay I out really for you. Falter, yeah. My hope is that mm-hmm. USC is USC blitzes a lot, and just yeah. You blitz all night. Yeah, we'll see. We shall see. We will see. Uh, let's talk about the other side of the ball for me. Over under 158 and a half rushing yards for Cal. The Bears are averaging 158 in home games, but only 85.25 on the road. They had 196 last week against Washington State, but the only other game that that eclipsed the 158 mark was at home against UC Davis, USC's future opponent. They had 233 in Week One, 158 and a half. What do you see? SC held ASU pretty well in the in the run game last week. Oh, by the by the way, if you, if you would have been told preseason that they were going to hold. Eno Benjamin to 52 yards on 20 carries in a game. Wouldn't you just be like elated with USC's defense? Yeah, except that they gave up 206 to Fresno, 247 to Utah, 193 to Washington, 308 to Notre Dame, 142 Mm -hmm. to Arizona, 196 to Colorado, 139 to Oregon. So, oof, oof, buddy. Um, this is, so this is rough because USC shut down, you know, Benjamin because USC again did that thing where like, we're so scared of him that we're going to like focus all our energy on keeping him in there. So the question I have is, is USC going to go into this game against Christopher Brown, who has 599 yards on 150 carries. He's averaging 3.99 yards per carry and has five touchdowns. Like, I don't think it's the same equation. But by, by the way, I, I like the move of going by Christopher if your last name's Brown. This is yes, yes, I agree. Uh, it's it's smart, move. It's smart, smart move. Yes. Um. Hmm. Hmm. Hundred fifty eight. Hundred fifty eight's a lot. It is. Like. Like that's a that's a that's a that's a pretty good deal, and this is not a particularly great Cal rushing offense. I am going to regret this and go under. Alicia, lock up the over. Oh dear. 
to your credit, uh, your logic lines up in the sense of the sacks are going to play a role here. So if SC has a lot of sacks, it's going to take away from these rushing yards. So it could help you out. Um, and you get both of those, that's three points. That's solid that you've picked up. But 158? SC will give up 158 by halftime. Well, no, but <laughs> uh, don't hold me to that. But but 158, yeah. I, I think SC gives up 158. And I think what you want to do if, if you're Clancy Pendergast is... Prepare for Chase Garbers to throw the football. Uh, mostly because there's nobody else on this Cal offense that I think you're going to be losing sleep over. And, so and you think they're going to be vulnerable to the run because they're not going to focus on stopping it? Not that they're not going to focus on it. It's just that, I, I, well, at least in comparison to last week, when you knew going into last week's game, Eno Benjamin is a world-class running back. There's nobody else on that offense outside of maybe Brandon Ayuk, that is a great offensive weapon, right? So it was easier to key in on the run. I don't think it's easier to key on on the run here uh, against Christopher Brown. And it's not a knock on Christopher Brown. It's that this Cal offense collectively has not been great. So I guess you could make the argument that maybe you just stop the run and force Chase Garbers to prove that he's healthy and can beat you. But I don't know. Like... I would prepare for Chase Garbers and let everything else just take take matters into its own hands. So, 158 yards and a half. 158 and a half. Give me the over. So, what's your what's your final over under? My final over under is 8.5 penalties for USC against USC. I guess. Um, USC is averaging 7.2 penalties per game this year. That's 102nd nationally and 10th in the Pac-12. They're the, they're the worst in the Pac-12 when it comes to penalty yardage. Um, USC has had three games with eight or more penalties. They've had four games with eight or let with under eight penalties. And they've had three games with exactly eight penalties. So on the on the flip side of this, Cal uh, opponents are averaging 7.4 penalties per game, which is top 10 nationally. Um, I think there's like seventh nationally. So Cal opponents have had penalty problems in general. USC has had penalty problems in general. But is it going to rise to the level of more than eight? Alicia? Is USC playing a football game on Saturday? They are indeed playing a football game on Saturday. Will the special teams be involved? Special teams will be special on Saturday. Is Elijah Griffin playing? He is expected to play, yes. Over. (laughs) Very simple. It's over. Come on. So the... The, the the tough part here is that like it could very easily be eight on the dot again. Like I think it's actually probable that it's eight on the dot. Um, part of uh, I might uh, I'm gonna take the under. I'm I'm gonna chase some points here. I'm gonna take the under because I don't think we can predict the penalty thing. And maybe USC is so conscious of all of the penalties on special teams last week that they. Lighten it up, and uh, and 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 see how it goes. Yeah, and maybe they fix all their other coaching issues too. Yeah. I mean, if it's and butts were candy and nuts, then somebody's having a good, whatever. 
We're all having a Merry Christmas. All right, last one. One and a half Ben Griffiths punts inside the 10-yard line. Surprised we haven't done this one yet. Uh, 19 of his 42 punts this year have been inside the 20. He had three punts at or inside the 10 last week against ASU. He had one at exactly the 10, one at the 9, and one at the one-yard line. Really the one-inch line there at Sun Devil Stadium. So, Alicia, one and a half, Ben Griffiths punts inside the 10. Here, here's the thing to note. Uh, he's going to have that thick, thick, thick double C uh, marine atmosphere in Berkeley. Will that play well, a role? He's also going to have the opportunity to punt a lot in this game, I think. Pot- potentially, potentially. But I don't know if he's going to be doing his punting from around midfield or not. Hmm. So, 1.5. Inside the 10. Before we started inside recording, the there was a discussion from you about what inside the 10 means. Can we clarify that? Yes. Inside the 10 means the 9.5 counts, but the 10 does not. Okay. So, if it lands at the 10-yard line, it is not inside the 10. Correct. Okay. So, last week he had two. By by my definition, he had two. Right. Um, I've put inside in all caps on our rundown here. Inside the ten. This is this is very tough. I am going to go with the under because i am not certain he will i i'm certain he will have several punts i'm not certain that those punts will be in a pinning opportunity i think he can probably get one inside the 10 but um if this was inside the 20 it would be a different circum it would be a different sort of equation for me but inside the 10 is pretty pretty tough so yeah, under hmm Gone back and forth on this? Give me the over. Well, all the marbles. All the marbles this week, Michael. It's all on the line. It's all on the line. We'll see We'll see what happens. Uh, let's go to the game predictions. Bill Connolly has USC by 13 points with a score of 33-20. to 20. Uh, That gives USC a 77% win probability. Uh, Vegas has SC by 7.5 currently, according to the Action Network's consensus line alicia what do you got i am going with max stupid and that is 16 15 cal to win it another one point win 16 15 cal right. to win it now T- before the season started out how, how, how does that 15 happen i i think usc uh scores a touchdown to get to seven, no. USC sc- touchdown, two field goals, and a safety. USC USC kicks five field goals in this game. <laughs> oh come on, let's do it. Um, yeah, something like that. I don't know. I I don't I don't know. I just know that it's going to be dumb. And um, uh, basically, before the season started, I pegged this as a loss. I think that uh, USC being on the road is a big problem here. I think that USC continues to show a lot of the same issues that they've had and my biggest concern is that USC's offense cannot be trusted particularly on the road 
So I am basically banking on Cal's defense in this game. I might get burned in that regard, but that's sort of what I'm citing on. I trust Cal's defense more than I trust USC's offense. All right. All season, I've thought Cal was going to win this game. All season, all off season, I thought Cal was going to win this game. Pick an SC. I don't know why. It makes no sense. Because you're uh, a sucker th- too, Michael. Just embrace it. Um, maybe, but so I, I think it's interesting because the, uh, this is the second time this month that SC will be facing a team who played Washington State the week before. Oregon struggled to stop Washington State. Cal kept Washington State to 30 points. In both games, Anthony Gordon threw for 406 yards. I think that proves he can move the ball against Cal, uh, which means I think SC can at least get in scoring range to you know provide Ben Griffith ample opportunity to have those punts, or scoring range for Chase McGrath, which means some field goals. So I think both teams score exactly three touchdowns, and Chase McGrath adds two field goals to make it a 27-21 win for the Trojans in Strawberry Canyon. See, I like that score. Uh, Because the one thing that makes me really nervous about my prediction is Vegas opened their line at 5, and that's only gone up to 6.5. And Bill Connolly, Bill Connolly's number, I mean, USC by 13? USC by 13? Like, I'm not even certain USC's going to score 13 in this game. So, like, I don't... (laughs) That makes me nervous because I trust Bill's numbers. I like Bill's numbers. I I, I tend to to base a lot of my predi- my my score could, projections. Uh, but see, the only difference between his number is his numbers have the 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 score at thirty three twenty. The only difference is one touchdown. So it could very easily be twenty seven twenty one, and then there's a garbage touchdown, and then it's thirty four twenty one. That's the thirteen points. Yeah. But like, let's be real here. Do we really think? No. So here's the thing. I am trusting Cal's defense over USC's offense. Maybe the uh, maybe the numbers are looking at Cal's offense being as god awful as they are. And just sort of running with that. I mean, it's it's possible, but. This this everything is dumb. I don't even know. I It's all dumb. It's all done. Dumb. This I'm just not ready to I'm just not ready to to put my faith in USC's winning by two touchdowns. Like that much I can tell you is not. No, I happen. I yeah, I would agree with that. I yeah. would agree with that. So 27-21 is my prediction, 16-15 is yours. If Let I were going with a USC is. win, I would go with your number. Like if I thought USC was going to win this game, that's that's the score that USC wins by. All right. I I'll take that. Uh and then we'll see if SC wins by or if I went by all these over-unders that uh, that were competing against each other this week. Uh, it should be a fun one. Uh, USC and Cal, 8 p.m. Uh, on FS1, Strawberry Canyon. Uh, can't wait. We'll have a meet-up hangout thingamajig uh, at Pappy's Bar and Sports Grill. We'll be there between about 12 and 4. Just watching the noon kickoff games. Uh, it's on Telegraph. Come hang out with us and watch football. If not, that's cool, too. If you're going to go, maybe let us know, uh, so that way we can uh, know to look out for you. But, yeah, I, I can't wait. Another trip, the final trip of the year for you, 
Uh, not for me, because every home game is still a road game when you live in Phoenix. Well, I mean, the final... The exception last week. The final yeah. regular season trip of the year. There could True. be There could be another trip up to NorCal. It's entirely possible. Uh, this is, there could be two more, and there could there there will be a bowl trip. Wow! What if what if the what if three of the last four games for are, SC are up there with the Red Box Bowl looming? Oh well, my my, I'll get to see my little brother a bunch. That's there pretty cool. Go. Yeah. I mean, I I love that, my little brother, but like I'm a... really not looking. I really don't want to do the Red Box Bowl. So. <laughs> I don't, I don't think anyone does. Uh, anyways, that's going to wrap up the uh, the episode. Uh, thanks for listening, as always. Give us your emails, reinoftroyatfansire.com, phone number 213-373-1872. Alicia, hit us with that final word. The final word is trip, as in rot trips are currently on a two-game winning streak. Can we make it three? Again, we, we've talked about it. The ones that SC loses are the ones in which we're both out of state. We're not going to be both out of state this one. This is and true. And we weren't both out of state last year, last week either. So, But either way, that's a little bit of a winning trick. We'll see what happens. Uh, remember, if you get to three, that is called a winning streak. What movies is that from? Uh, I do not know. You're killing me. Mike right, Bone! We'll see you. <laughs> okay, uh, you just can't throw it. <laughs> That's not how it works, doofus. <laughs> Alright, we'll see ya. <laughs> see ya. See ya. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.